Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined this week by Matt in London. Um, it's just a pub with just the two of us this week. Um, so Matt, we're going to do something slightly different this week. I'm going to come to you for your your own team and your kind of your game week. How did it go last week in game week 21? Hey, Dunk. Um, so, yeah, just looking at my team, it's I'm glad we managed to do this, just the two of us uh, right now, because I've just overtaken you in our, our league, which has been, it's been quite nice over the Christmas period. Um, so, last week got 59 points, um, which is pretty pleased with. Uh, Cantwell was the major one that helped with that. Um, I captained Vardy, and he went onto my bench. Um, so... That was quite lucky. Uh, De Bruyne was my vice-captain, so he didn't do much for me, which is a shame because I could have easily put it as Salah as vice-captain because I don't usually... I usually give it to a decent player, but I don't concentrate too much on it and maybe I should have thought about it a bit more. Um, but 59 points. The other ace that I had was Madison. Um, came good again for me. Uh, so he's had a really quiet Christmas because I had some difficult fixtures. Uh, but it was quite nice that he, uh, he, got, he got points... Uh, so he got got goal and eleven points, and that that get. I think he's uh, quite a differential amongst quite a lot of our players, uh, certainly amongst uh, our, sort of uh, you guys. I don't think any of you have Madison, so he was quite nice to have. And then Trent, Sayonchu, both getting returns. Salah getting a return. I don't have Mane at the moment, so I'm choosing Salah. Uh, that came off this week, but didn't come off last week. Um, and but then I've got Jimenez and Rashford up front, and they did nothing. So overall, pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's, it's gone pretty well recently. How about yourself at the moment? Um, yeah, kind of the re- complete opposite. As you kind of said, we've swapped places in our league. Um, I think going into Christmas, um, I was top of the podcasters, um, uh, the guys on the pod. So I was kind of vying for top space with Ben. One week he was ahead, next week I was ahead, and. Uh, yeah, last week it was 54 points, uh, dropped behind you. Um, I, yeah, I guess I steadied the ship slightly because there's been some low scores over Christmas. 54 points is okay. Um, De Bruyne captaincy, um, which didn't work out. And I, I kind of slightly annoyed in that because I know a lot of people uh captain Vardy and then got their vice captain um so yeah like Ben I think vice captain Mane comes in and he gets uh 16 points which takes him even further away from me very similar team to you I think I think the only differences are or the kind of major differences are um I have Mane you have Salah um I still have Zaha after so many weeks i just i can't seem to get rid of him there's always something else i need to do (laughs) and he's always got a good fixture and yeah suckered Um, you in when i put him in my team and you said oh that's rubbish it's rubbish and then you you copied me and then i've managed to get rid quicker (laughs) it's a lesson that you should never bring in a player to block someone in your mini league um unless that player is you know a template player someone like a differential like zaha oh dear i I regret that so much. Um, the other big difference is I've still got Tammy Abraham, which I, th- I don't think you have anymore, do you? No, so I've got Jimenez instead. Um, I think we've yeah. got the same shot. Because you've got Rashford and Vardy as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we've got yeah. Jimenez versus Abraham uh, between our two teams. I just I just don't want to break up my strike force with the um, initials of VAR. 
because it's it's so 2020. You know? <laughs> um, well, that, that's always good yeah. logic to pick a team on, isn't it? It is, yeah. You've got to have your abbreviations. It's a big part of FPL. Um, yeah, Tammy, he's another player who's kind of on the chopping block for me. But um, actually, in the last kind of last couple of weeks, he's been finally getting some returns. So he's he's sticking around for the moment, and he's he's becoming a player like Zaha slightly. Although I'd like to get rid of him, rid of him. There's always other things that I need to do. Yeah. And um, how's it gone for you over over Christmas since kind of game week eighteen or so? Yeah, so in some ways, focusing on those different players has been the uh, the crucial bit to catching catching you up because I think you and Ben uh, have been consistently about 30 points ahead of me, or 30, 40 points ahead of me um, until the Christmas period. And then Ben still remains about 30 points ahead, but I've managed to catch you up. Um, and I think that was mainly down to, uh, what was it, game week uh, 19 was the crucial one. Um, and you'd subbed out Trent but I had Trent there sitting at 24 points, which was a massive horn. Um, and we just talked about the, sort of the Jimenez-Abraham comparison where I had Abraham and I swapped him for Rashford. I think you had Jimenez and you swapped him for Rashford. And I think over the Christmas period, Jimenez certainly did better than Abraham. Um, he said, yeah, he got an 11-point haul, which was very handy in uh, game week 18. Um, but... Since then, oh sorry, he got seven points at game week 18 nine, and 11 points game week 19. Um, since then, he's had a couple of quiet weeks and Abraham's coming back. So it's an interesting one, that one, where do you just keep faith for those strikers that you've got already because you know eventually they'll come good over time? Um, or, or, do you, or do you sort of try and swap to the latest guy who's on form and hope that he keeps that form and the guy you've just sold doesn't lose it? Um, and yeah, I, I think broadly on transfers and stuff over the Christmas period. Like I've, I've kept, I try to be as quiet as possible, I'm trying to be, hold my transfers so that I uh, sort of always have two, two to make so I can make some major surgery if needs be. Um, and, uh, and my system has just crashed. So I can't see what my transfer history was. How about yourself over the Christmas period? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my Christmas has gone really badly. I think I was basically up to, 50,000 in the world um, I was doing really well I'd had loads of green arrows in a row um, and then came to Christmas and I think me and Ben or maybe me and you were talking about this about a month ago we're saying that we really struggle when the fixtures come thick and fast because you have to make decisions quickly and uh, you don't get that much time to think about it and sometimes you make a rash decision completely regret it and I did that with Zaha and kind of got away with it for a little bit but over Christmas yeah I, I really struggled I, I brought in um like you say I got rid of Trent so that was a big uh big no-no big rank drop I got rid of Jimenez because he had tough fixtures and I completely forgot that Wolves are a team where you don't get rid of uh, players before a tough run because they love playing against the top teams um and I'd even said on the podcast I'm going to stick with him I think he's a season keeper which I'm so annoyed about I think I I also talked about like kind of dead ending my defense to get in Rashford. I brought in Jack Simpson at 3.9, got rid of Rico, then got rid of Trent. And I just had um, so many problems in defense trying to sort it out. And yeah. Um, yeah. In some, ways, points... in some ways that was a crucial transfer because that meant that you were focusing on doing that rather than like picking players for the future and getting rid of the ones you weren't so keen on, but just couldn't, couldn't get rid of like Zaha and, and Abraham over Christmas. 
I think I've said this a few times over the season, but <coughs> I don't want I don't want to you know make FPL seem less stressful than it is. But I f- I find when I make a bad transfer, it affects me for so many weeks. My team, um, because often there's other things you need to sort out, and if you make three bad transfers in a row, then you know it can take weeks to sort your team out. And I've definitely found that. I think what I'd really like is to have you there, even though you're one of my rivals. I need to call you up on a Friday night and say, Matt, I'm planning on doing this. Um, Is this insanity? Like getting rid of Trent. um, I think we need to talk about our transfer plans more on the pod, basically. Yeah, maybe. The thing is, though, I mean, so the nightmarish transfer I had over the Christmas period was I burned four points to put Son in my team and transferred out Mane uh, in order to do it, uh, which meant that I then, because uh, that was the week that Mane didn't have a game, which then meant that I dropped Cantwell uh, because I had Son. Uh, Cantwell got like a double-digit haul. Son got himself sent off on a minus point, so I had to sub him off straight afterwards. And it was, I, I guess it's Christmas period, you've probably got less time on your hands, but when you've got too much time on your hands, you can overthink transfers and, I didn't urgently need to make that transfer. I didn't need to burn four points on it. But I just looked at rivals. I looked at everyone else. And it seemed that Spurs' assets were completely essential. I just talked myself into it. Um, I know, and I didn't yeah. need to. I, my team was perfectly decent going into that game week. But I thought, no, I have to burn four points and uh, get to get so unlucky. Yeah. I mean, that's so unlucky. The, the sun sending off, I had similar problems. It's, that's unlucky. You, you can't really expect that. I, I captained him that week, so um, I think I got double minus points. And and then my transfer then to replace him was to bring in Salah because I had the money from downgrading Trent. Um, Salah blank for the next two weeks. Um, and then I just recently decided to get rid of Salah before a double game week, uh, bring Trent back in and bring in Martial. And now Martial, because I convinced myself I had to have Martial, like you were saying with Son. Um, yeah, just patience as always, isn't it? Yeah, but then you can beat yourself up about it because you say hindsight can be a wonderful thing. Like Son could have got a hat trick, and I'd and if I hadn't done that four point hit, then I'd be cursing my luck um, or cursing my sort of inactivity and hes- hesitancy. But at least I was decisive, even if it went went badly for me. Um, you win some, you lose what some, a- don't you? You do, and I mean, I've I've dropped from. I think 50,000 to something like 180,000, which isn't that bad. Like I was, I was down in the dumps about it over Christmas, but actually, you know, at this point in the season, 180 K I've got to have some perspective. It's not that bad at all. And I can come back. I, you know what my, my inspiration to, to make myself feel better. I decided for the rest of the season, I'm going to, I'm going to map this. I'm going to do what you do, which is just, grind it out Matt. this gr- <laughs> i'm gonna grind it out i'm i'm not gonna go flashy with hits i'm just gonna eke away at ben's lead and your lead and bring myself back in slowly yeah i mean i guess that was the the lesson i took from last season um where so i ended up winning our our mini league and i came six did you yeah i came six thousand you, you haven't mentioned it before have i not Oh, I should, no. I should talk about it. I'll make a note, mental note to talk about it more often then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I came from behind. Uh, it, was a, it was a kind of a yeah, movie experience, Hollywood, Hollywood production, back from the dead uh, at Christmas. Uh, 
So I finished seven thousandths overall, and I think I must have been around a hundred k, which I am at, I am um, at the moment around this time this last year, um, and I didn't make any major like like uh, gut punty type transfers. I just kept going and going and going, doing what I thought was the right transfer, um, trying to get on players before everyone else did, and it. I mean, it, where where I'd failed going leading up to Christmas, it paid off from Christmas there onwards, and um, I suddenly caught you guys up. And the weeks I caught you guys up most, I mean, Gary in particular was winning by quite a distance. Was the times that you ended up taking risks because you just irrationally thought something or a certain player do really well, or I think Gary uh, infamously thought that Liverpool weren't going to do anything uh, in a game week, and so didn't transfer them in, and they won five nil, and everyone else like caught him up by about 50 points i think that get that week alone it's, so you're wait, you're essentially waiting for another trent out decision like i've just done you're waiting for people's mistakes yeah yeah in some ways yeah yeah the, yeah, the way to be bold is to not be bold um like a, a gutsy transfer can define your season but also not making like uh really really gutsy transfers all the time and just being content that you have a pretty decent team there's going to be a couple of differentials in there at all times uh is perfectly fine and you'll 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 get a decent score and let others make the mistakes rather than you i i'm fully aware that gary is is screaming into his into his headphones now listening to this but we'll we'll come on to that later when we're when we're looking at the joint team because uh we're quite far behind we're a million in the world on the joint team and, and we need to climb the ranks so we'll, we'll chat more about how if you are uh behind in your mini leagues or behind in your overall rank and you want to climb for the rest of the season we'll come on to that when we talk about our joint team what about uh you for the next few weeks we've got a double game week coming up um what are you thinking with your team yeah so um i mean one of my lessons also from last year is to maybe not overthink double game weeks um because you can always adapt at the last second if needs be um I remember for you, you planned your double game week about five or six game weeks out, didn't you? And no, it was, a, it was a blank game week. Oh, that was it, yeah. That was blank, but similar idea, similar idea. Yeah, um, you planned it ages and ages, got all the different players arranged and transfers arranged. But I just went for the uh, transfer in, the player I thought might, might do well in that very next game week rather than the one in three weeks' time. Um, and I think that ended up working slightly better. So in a similar sort of way, I'm not thinking about the double game week just yet, partly because... It's a double game week where just Liverpool and West Ham have the double game week. Um, so it's not a massive one. Um, and given it's Liverpool are massively ahead in the, um, the title race, uh, they're the ones of the FPL assets. I'm not really thinking about, can I get in a cheeky West Ham asset? I don't think that will pay dividends. Um, they're away at Leicester and then they host Liverpool. So I'm not sure I would be playing their players in either of those games individually. So I'm not convinced that playing them in a double was going to be great. Uh, not just that, but after they after they play that terrible double game week with Leicester and Liverpool, um, in two or a week after that they play Man City and then Liverpool, both of them away. Yeah, so, yeah. So they just nasty. it just seemed like um, you'd be planning too much for around the double game week and the fact the novelty that they play two games in one week rather than uh, sort of looking at form or fixtures. But for Liverpool players, I've already got two, so it's not going to be a hard leap to get a third one in. Um, I haven't decided yet whether I want the Robertson or the Mane to sort of uh, you've got, double up and you've attack. You've got Trent, Trent or Salah at the moment. Trent and Salah, yeah. That's right. I've got Trent and Salah at the moment. Do I double up in attack or double up in defence is the big question mark. 
and I haven't made my mind up yet. And I don't think I will until the week before, because to a certain extent, you need to see the form that Liverpool are on. Are they now starting to grind out results or are they actually going to look like they're going to cut free and score um, score freely? Um, and it's obviously more difficult to get Mane and Salah into the team. It means dropping someone like De Bruyne um, for my team. I don't really want to do that, but um, I'll do it if I think it, Mane will sort of outscore De Bruyne by quite a considerable amount. Um, so it's one of those where it's, I can certainly see an easy way to get Robertson into my team, but I can't see an easy way to get uh, Mane into my team. But I need to see if, what sort of form he's on over the next couple of weeks to see if it's worth it. What about yourself? What you're thinking? I'm thinking, um, well, at the risk of stating the obvious, which I think you have already um, at the start, three Liverpool, I think, is essential. Um, I know that's very obvious, but it's not just the double game week. Game week 24, uh, two fixtures. But then after that, from game week 25, it's just green. It's Southampton, Norwich, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth. These are These are the teams that you want to be playing. Because, um, I, I mean, I, sometimes I look at the season ticker or, or a team's fixtures and I think, OK, those those fixtures aren't that hard. And those are kind of mid-table teams. But actually, um, I'm still thinking about the Premier League as it was maybe last season or the season before. And teams at the bottom of the league now are your Southamptons, you know, your West Ham's, your, your Watford's. Whereas before, those were mid-table teams. And I, I'm I'm still looking for my Cardiff's and my, you know, teams that are basically championship teams um, and there don't seem to be many of those these seasons so this season so yeah it's not just the fact that they've got a double game it's that they've got a crazy run of fixtures pretty much till the end of the season um, and in my opinion yeah they're the best team in the world I think um, yeah I, th- I think it's worth going with the two in attack with Salah and Mane um, even if it means uh, maybe bringing in a player like Mason Greenwood just for that week or, you know, some 4.5 midfielder or something like that just for that week or maybe even, you know, just for that run and maybe you sort it out and switch another player out and maybe get rid of your Madison or I wouldn't be getting rid of De Bruyne, but I think, you know, downgrading to a super budget option that you have to actually play. Um, you know, even Cantwell, like considering Cantwell as a first team player, um, as your fourth midfielder, I think even though his fixtures aren't great, just for that double game week and maybe a couple of fixtures around that, I think it's worth it to be honest. Interesting, because yeah, that's where I think maybe we slightly like, differ in our opinions. Because I I don't really want to rip up my current uh, structure of my team to uh, just for, to navigate one great game week. Yeah, great. I mean. Let's differ, because if we differ, <laughs> I can climb. I mean, I might fall, but if we stay the same, I'm not going to catch you. So, yeah, yeah, I like your thinking, Matt. <laughs> um, who, who do you look into uh, transfer out to uh, to fund your, your big Liverpool splash? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be telling you stuff here and you're not giving me much apart from the fact you're going to wait and see. And <laughs> I'll give, you, I'll give the... you more back, don't you worry. Okay, okay, I'll go first and then we'll see what you give me. Um yeah, I think uh I've I've got I've got silly amount of screenshots on my phone of the plans that I have. Um so there's quite a few different ones. I think um I'm not so sure about the Man United double up. 
Martial and Rashford. Um, you know, I stupidly got rid of Salah before his 10 points uh, last game week to bring in Martial and Trent. Obviously, I was doing it for Trent more than Martial, but I don't think I need to have both Martial and Rashford. Um, I think Man United in the last couple of games, kind of including the FA Cup, although I know that's a uh, different team slightly. They just, I keep forgetting with this Man United team that even if they have a couple of good games, um, and I know you don't forget this, Matt. I'm, I've, <laughs> you know, been saying this for a few seasons now. Even if they have a couple of good games and they the attack links up and they score great goals, you know, it doesn't mean that it's all changed. Um, what is what is a consistent with them is that they will they will drop and then suddenly it'll be crisis time again, and then they'll be fine, and then it'll be crisis time again. Um, yeah, yeah, and I didn't like didn't like the yellow flag popping up on on Martial recently with an illness, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got to treat Man U like uh, wolves. I think at the moment, um, like they're good, good. people. People go nuts about how bad they are, but they're not that bad. But also, they're not brilliant. So they'll their assets like Rashford and and Martial. They will score well over the course of the season, but they're not essentials that you just have to have all the time. I'd say. Yeah, I, I've also considered maybe going lighter in attack. So. Um, you know, people like Neil Mope, um, with his good run for Brighton, really cheap, and bringing in a player like that, and maybe going back to Jimenez, Danny Ings, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's a way of bringing in first team players who are who make it affordable to have that that um, expensive midfielders from Liverpool, but also you know could get you some good points and have had good seasons so far, basically rather than taking a wild punt. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wh- what are you going to give me? I've, I've given you some of my plans there. So, I mean, ha- yeah, I've sort of, as I said, I, I, I quite like my current structure of my team. Um, I like the balance of having uh, three strikers that are moderately expensive, and, and I think each game week, two out of the three of them will probably score quite well. And in midfield, I've got Salah de Bruyne, um, in the premium price bracket, I've got Madison and Martial in the bracket below that, and then Cantwell on the bench, um, or sometimes playing if, uh, if if needs be. And I quite like the structure of that. I quite like having the two medium price guys. So I, I feel that if I was to upgrade De Bruyne to um, Amane, then I have to maybe I have to sell Martial or Madison and downgrade them to a real cheapie. And it's like you say, like. Do I want to play Cantwell week in, week out? No, I don't. Do I want to play Adama Traore week in, week out? Maybe. Uh, so it's kind of convince myself that having Traore instead of a Martial or a Madison and then not having De Bruyne but having Marnie instead is like a better deal. Uh, and I'm not... I, I have to say I wouldn't... I know De Bruyne's fixtures aren't the greatest from game week 24 onwards. and That's why some people are looking to get rid of him. But I, I don't like it to bring in Mane and Salah if you have to get rid of De Bruyne. Yeah. I think potentially if you're getting rid of Martial, maybe getting rid of Rashford, um, Madison maybe downgrading possibly for a f- couple of game weeks. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't like it if, if your team's set up, so you have to get rid of De Bruyne. I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, I think I'm also uh, sort of going beyond stats and what I should do. Like I'm a bit too emotionally invested in having Madison right now because I... I rode out his bad period 
He's got some nice fixtures coming up. I watched the games and I think he looks like a really good player. So I quite like having Madison and he's my, I say he's my differential. So I'm a bit reticent to sort of uh, give up on the, uh, the sort of the Madison bandwagon at the moment. And uh, that means that I'd have to go to Martial to sort of, uh, to, yeah, to squeeze some, to, to, I have to upgrade Martial to Amane. That's quite a lot of money. I do, that means I have, probably have to rip up my strike force. Uh, to be able to do that again, that'd probably be Rashford because he's the most expensive. I'm not going to sell Vardy, um, it'd probably be Rashford, um, uh, at the nine million mark. But that again, Rashford down to Greenwood that's quite, quite, uh, quite the reverse, isn't it? I it would basically mean I'm not going Man U. I know Rashford, uh, Greenwood's Man U, but you, you'd be putting him on your bench, so it'd mean me going not Man U again, bit of emotional attachment to having at least one Man U player in there. Especially if others have that have them in there, it always makes watching Man U games very difficult. Um, so, I think what I'm revealing essentially is I, I have too many emotional attachments to my existing players uh, to think rationally at the moment, uh, and therefore it's I've been nice though. I've been treading it's nice water. to. It's nice to have a team that you like. It's nice to have that feeling when you're looking at your team. You're like, this is this makes me feel good. I'm happy about this team, and I agree because if you stick with them and they go off form, you can think, well, I had them. It was good. See you later. But if you get rid of them, you can be kicking yourself afterwards because you're like, it was going fine. What did I do that for? Yeah. And I've been looking at defence as well. And I just can't see. Uh, it's it's aching. My defence is achingly template at the moment. So it's Trent, Sionchu, Lundstrom, Rico and Kelly. Um, but I just can't see where you get better value at the moment um, out of those players. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about value, but I think it sounds like you'd be bringing um, Robertson for one of those players to du- triple up on Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you certainly can't get more money out of that defence to fund uh, more expensive players further forward. Uh, so, yeah, to, so the sneak preview is uh, my transfer for this game week, uh, which I already did because I forgot it was FA Cup week. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> is I've, uh, I've subbed out uh, Pope uh, and I've gone Foster. You do love a goalkeeper transfer. Well, you it, you almost have a fetish for it. <laughs> but I think it's less I want to keep sort of my goalkeepers. It's more that I quite like my existing outfield. I just don't want to change it. So I'm resisting tinkering um, by just messing about with position that isn't that important um, rather than positions that are important. So why why the Watford defence? Um, well, I looked at the overall points for the season and Watford might be bottom of the team table but uh foster's one of the top scoring goalkeepers uh and i now think that they've got a bit more bite about them um they certainly had a couple of good results recently so i just thought it was a like a nice time to switch especially since bernie seemed to be on a bit of a bad run of form as well so i think for the it might not make any points at all but it's a, a slight upgrade on my existing 11 um and i didn't want to make another transfer but i didn't want to like lose my double transfers that i have currently so that was my thinking on this this coming game week. Um, it's very similar to the uh, uh, David Martin transfer a few weeks ago. You didn't want to use your transfer, so you make a make a goalkeeper transfer. Yeah, it's exactly the same logic. Of uh, I don't really, I quite like the way it's all set up. Don't want to change. Um, I mean, the obvious places to change, as we've discussed already, is probably the Man U players. But they've got Norwich at home. That's quite tempting to keep them for that one. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And uh, um, yeah. should we have a look at the? Should we? have a look at the fixtures let's take a quick break and maybe and come back and, and chat game week 22 what are your first thoughts 
so happy. We are so happy. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. You are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. We're so happy. We are so happy. I'm happy. I'm so happy. Of course, we are so happy. I was so happy. We are so happy. So that's why we are so happy. That's why we are so happy. I was so happy. We are so happy. We are so happy to be in Wembley. When the team play good, we are, we are so happy. I'm happy for that. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for David. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for the players. I'm so happy to be their coach. So happy for him. I'm so happy for, for, for England. I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Okay. Game week 22 and first fixture is Sheffield United, West Ham. Can you see uh, this through an FPL lens? What do you think of this one? Um, well, I think we could probably be quite quick. And it's uh, it, Lundstrom is definitely one you want to play because Sheffield United at home. West Ham, they had their good result last week, but they're still struggling at the moment. So I think it's a good one to play. I mean, he might score, he might get a clean sheet. And I think it's too early yet to look at West Ham as FPL assets. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know if there's anyone that stands out for you. I think maybe they don't stand out at the moment. But I think if if we are going to be downgrading players to bring in Liverpool players, um, then these next few fixtures until game week 24, we can keep an eye on West Ham assets. Because often in the double game weeks, I find... Uh, there's the kind of obvious thing to do. And I think in this double game week, obvious thing to do is Salamane Trent. I think that's what most people will be doing. So to get some differential, sometimes it's the idea of bringing someone slightly different to that if you're looking to climb. Um, maybe like Gomez we mentioned on the last pod, but maybe it's a West Ham player. Maybe it's, um, you know, they come in and get a couple of goals. And if you're downgrading anyway, just for a week, um, yeah, you can kind of take a punt for that week. Not great fixtures, but I agree. Yeah, play Lundstrom. Um, and I'm not sure if I'd be hoping for a clean sheet in this one because I think West Ham came out, scored four goals. And uh, I think, weirdly, David Moyes uh, is actually highly thought of by the players, um, despite um, us being quite mean about him and his appointment. Um yeah, Mark Noble was saying how you know well respected he was and how disappointed they left in the first place. So maybe that's why they've got him back. Um, so I I expect still a bit of a reaction uh, from the players, um, uh, a bounce. But if you want a proper chuckle, have a look at West Ham's Twitter feed. Look at their reveal on Twitter for <laughs> David Moyes as manager. It is a thing of beauty. Him slow-mo turning to camera and smiling. But... The slow-mo is a bit too slow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just him really slow. You see a lot of the side of that man's face. Um, not the most exciting face in the world. <laughs> yeah, also, he's just a kind of, he is just an old man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not Hollywood seeing this it's, old man it's not Brad Pitt. camera and slowly grimace. <laughs> <laughs> in a slightly depressing way. Yeah. Um, if if David Moyes was a weather, he would be drizzle, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dreek. Um, what about Crystal Palace versus Arsenal? Um, so this is, I think, uh, potentially more interesting. I'll, I'll be following Arsenal's fortunes over the next couple of weeks because they are potentially the one with their managerial change that could go on a good run of form. Uh, and you think that if they could get... Uh, a sort of Obama Yang would is he worth is he worth the investment or or Pepe I've 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 chanced my arm with Pepe in the past and got burned but 
he looked pretty good against Manu last week. Uh, so I, I, I'm certainly tracking uh, Arsenal assets at the moment to see if they're going to improve under Arteta. Palace, I think you sort of know what you're going to get, don't you? Um, I've got Kelly at the moment, uh, pretty happy, uh, but he's sitting on my bench for this one. Uh, they will grind out some clean sheets here and there. Uh, and up front, uh, Zaha, five weeks, uh, he gets a good goal and looks amazing, uh, but maybe doesn't do it quite consistently enough. I and mean, I, I went for Zaha. I missed out on one goal because I benched him, but I got one goal out of him and I thought, do you know what? I don't, I'm not going to wait for the next one to come along. So I transferred him out. I am... Um... Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> but we've done that. Um, <laughs> I think with the Crystal Palace defence, I brought them in. I brought in Kelly, and a lot of people brought in Gaita, and I was jealous that I didn't have the transfers to do that at the time. Um, and it hasn't worked out over Christmas. Um, I think mainly because of their massive amount of injuries in their defence, and you know Van Arnold's out, Ward's out, Cahill's got a knock, Dan's out, Sarko's out. Um, they're playing Kuyate in, in central defence. And, and the, although they're not getting tonked, uh, it's, they're not keeping the clean sheets. They're not getting the bonus that you want. And I think, uh, I think Kelly's kind of prime for um, getting rid of if you need a slot in your defence, Matthew, for someone like Robertson, potentially, <laughs> especially with the next two fixtures. Maybe you move early with it before the prices go up, um, as I'm sure they will. So Arsenal at home, like you say, um, Arteta had a great result against um, Man United. It was a great game to watch. I'm sure you enjoyed it, Matt. Um, mm. And finally, like uh, I have to uh, eat my hat um, and eat humble pie because I was very disparaging about the the bounce that Arsenal players were giving uh, to Mikel Arteta as new manager. But maybe it's taken a couple of games and and he's done it against a big team. I think. The big question. Your, your, sorry, hang on. Your, your humble pie that you're eating is that the team you support are doing really well. I mean, it's delicious. It's a delicious pie. <laughs> don't get me wrong. And doing really well is is a bit too far at the moment. I think. I think we saw under Emery Arsenal really up their game at home against the bigger teams. Um, yeah, and I think maybe that's easier to get the players up, the Arsenal players up for a big home game against a, a rival or you know, a big team, it, it's more interesting how they do, you know, away to uh, Burnley or Everton or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I think there's interesting options. Like you say, it's a watching brief, but Maitland-Niles is one that kind of catches my eye at 4.6. He's very cheap. He's attacking. He's got a couple of assists already this season. I think, uh, I think he's fairly safe at the moment. Bellerin recovering from a hamstring injury, still kind of um, recovering from his long-term injury uh, last season. So I think his place is assured for a little bit. And Arsenal actually quite far up in the season ticker for defensive fixtures over the next six. They're second um, ahead of Liverpool and just behind Bournemouth. And I know Arsenal defensively aren't the great, but like you say, Matt, keeping an eye at the moment. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're intriguing. Uh, the, the, it's the sort of uh, I, I think between now and the end of the season, I'm definitely having another Arsenal asset in at some stage. I reckon, but you just need to see how they, wh- which one starts to uh, show that bright form. Yeah. Um. Next up, it's Chelsea Burnley. Um. 
What do you think about Chelsea? They're just so unpredictable, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're a tough one to uh yeah to, to read at the moment. I mean, you're Abraham owner. Are you what what are you thinking about him at the moment? At the moment, I'm looking at this game week and thinking, oh, I wish I had Abraham. Uh, really? But but yeah, he, he has also disappointed in the fixtures. You thought he's going to do really well in. Why why do you why are you looking kind of jealous looking at him with green eyes for Burnley at home? Well, I mean, so he's got he's got returns his last two game weeks in a row. Um, he has done really well this season. Uh, Chelsea just look like they're the team that can score a lot of goals. And I I haven't been rating Burnley in their recent performances. I think they've been a bit disappointing. And so I could see them. I could see this potentially being a big high scoring game for Chelsea. Really? Okay, that's good to know. Um, I I've mentioned that he was on the chopping block for me. So. Not for the next two fixtures, Burnley at home, Newcastle away. But I think um, it's kind of perfectly timed for game week 24 when you're looking to make a change towards that Liverpool double game week that he has nasty fixtures from game week 24. And he's kind of a bit of a cash cow, make, made some money on him early in the season and can move him on now in not too great form. You know, Game at 24, Arsenal, if they're kind of rejuvenated, Leicester away, Man United, Tottenham. Um, yeah, so maybe a, a nice time to get rid of him. Um, and yeah, hopefully he can continue his run, but um, it hasn't been sparkling in the last couple of games, I would say that. So hopefully he can get a brace or something like that. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's kind of linking into what I was talking about before. I look at Burnley at home and I think, oh, you know, Burnley kind of, mid-table team but it's the season it's not last season I'm, I'm still playing last season Burnley are one of those teams that have struggled this season and yeah yeah it's a good fix yeah, letting the goals in a bit yeah. so yeah I think yeah if you've got Chelsea assets at the moment you, you're definitely holding and, and playing them but as you say they've got a difficult run coming up so maybe you won't transfer them in just yet so yeah. they're potential uh, useful players to have around at the moment because you won't have other players marking them and I think you mentioned it before, but um, <laughs> Nick Pope, if he's he's still in your team, he's still in mine, uh, stinking the place up. Um, he's he's kind of pretty much blanked in his last three, having had a little revival uh, for a couple of game weeks before that. But now it's Chelsea away, Leicester at home, Man United away, Arsenal at home. It's a nasty run for them. And they, I saw some stat this season about... Um, that Burnley, you expect them against the big teams, especially at home, that they, uh, they're they a big um, kind of thorn in the side. But actually, they've got terrible statistics against the big teams at home recently. And yeah, not not looking for, good for their goalkeeper. So I, I like the idea of moving on and Foster's an interesting one. It's a bold transfer, can I say? It is. And he's I think he's like 2.3% owned, isn't he? So if you get anything, it's going to be a differential, isn't it? And yeah. a big competitor like Pope, it doesn't look like he's going to be getting too much. So good timing. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Um, um, Everton, Brighton. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon? So I think Richarlison's another one that everyone's following quite closely. Calvert-Lewin as well, the, the, the bargain basement striker. Is he, he 5.8, 5.9 now? 5.9, yeah. Uh, yeah, 5.9. Yeah. Uh, He's certainly the one where you think if you're trying to fund those future Liverpool transfers, Calvert-Lewin might be the tempting one to go for. I know that you're thinking of Malpai, but uh, he's 
yeah, he seems to be, he scored a few goals over the Christmas period. Uh, Ancelotti seems to quite like him. This is the perfect sort of test test bed game in some way because a home fixture against Brighton, who it, who had seemed to be doing okay, but again they're sort of very much lower mid table. Um, so Everton should be winning that one. Uh, it could be an interesting test for him to see if he can do it. Uh, so I'm not transferring him just yet, but uh, certainly monitoring him. I you and know the what? One that could... Can I jump in there? Because I don't think we have time to monitor them. These Everton assets. I think it's a, it's a short run of uh, five game weeks before their fixtures are nasty, nasty, nasty uh, for quite a while. So I think they're kind of jump on the new manager bounce, get them in now if you're going to get them because they've got Brighton at home, Newcastle at home, West Ham, Watford away and Palace at home. I don't think you can afford to wait if you're going to get them in. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, are you going to be jumping on them then? You, you've liked Richarlison all season. <laughs> I've, I've loved him from afar, but only for our joint team, not for my own team. He's burned me the last two seasons. So, no, I'm not going to be going there. Yeah. It's reached that January period and in the last two seasons he stopped scoring in the second half of the season, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, who were you going to say was Richarlison the man you were going to mention? Yeah, so I was going to mention Richarlison as the other one. The other one um, that I, I, is on my watch list is Sadibi. Um, for Everton, uh, a quite nicely priced defender seems to be going forward quite a lot and getting involved in play. Could get some assists and goals in the second half of the season. So uh, he seems more interesting than Dinho anyway. Uh, but yeah, we shall see. Yeah, more interesting. But um, I'd say that Dinho is maybe the more stable, more kind of sensible pick, possibly. Yeah. Uh, he's just quite expensive, so yeah. Although actually, you know, they're looking at them, there's only point three between them and now, but uh, I think on form, Sadibi I think is ahead of Dean at the moment. But you're right, he's quite a decent pick. I think um, Andy mentioned this spotted this last week, but I think Sadibi is playing in midfield as well, and um, and it seems to be followed through to the FA Cup this week with um, Dinia and Coleman on the pitch, but Sadibi on the pitch as well, playing in right midfield. So that kind of bats up what you're saying about him, you know. More interesting than Dinia, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So it's another one that I'm, despite what you say, just monitoring Everton. I'm not jumping on them just yet. Um, what about Brighton? Yeah. They've got a nice run um, from now on, uh, all the way through to game week 29, 28, something like that. You, I've mentioned Neil Mopé. Are you interested in him? Is there anyone else that you would bring into your team, or do you think they're just not really fancy assets? So Mope interests me. Um, I guess, sort of, as I said earlier, I quite like the three strikers I've got at the moment because uh, they score quite con uh, consistently. Mope would save me a lot of money. I don't think he's going to score as consistently, but maybe of a good run of form and the nice fixtures. If I see him scoring two, two weeks in advance, I think uh, people will be jumping on him quite quickly. So uh, He's an interesting one at the moment. I know that you're thinking of putting him in, so... That would be quite a differential between us, so I encourage you to do so. <laughs> um, and say, he's the same price, Matthew Ryan, 4.8. He's the same price as Foster. He's had a, having a good season, isn't he, Ryan? Why did you go Foster over Ryan? Well, so for that very reason that you said he's having a good season, isn't he? And he's had 81 points this season, 
and Foster has 81 points a season. Everyone says Watford's been dreadful. So I just kind of figure if they've managed to get the same number of points and one team's had a really good narrative and has been meant to be doing well and the other one's doing uh, it's really badly and yet they're doing exactly the same, then I would, I would go for the guy that uh, might, might actually be doing deceptively well. Because it's only going to get better, potentially. Potentially, especially now they've changed managers, so there could be more clean sheets on the way. Nice. It's a bit of a money ball approach. I like that. Um, I think it's also cynically because uh, it's, who does Ben have? Does Ben have Ryan? Uh, it's the kind of player that Ben would have. Let's say that. It's very bad, it's isn't very it? Yeah. Ben. I'm going to look it up and I've got to catch him up somehow. And he's got Gazaniga. Gazaniga. Yeah. Very Ben. Very bad. <laughs> um, he, I reckon he's transferred him to Ryan this week. Yeah, after hearing that, he definitely will. Um, yeah. What about... Or Foster, just to mark me now. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Don't do it, Ben. Leicester City versus Southampton. This is a, an interesting one, FPL-wise. Um, what, uh, what do you think about playing your Leicester defender, Sainchi or, or Schmeichel, maybe? Um, so... It depends what your team is like, but uh, my team has lots of cheap defenders, so I, I sort of have to play Sionchu, and it's not the worst thing in the world at the moment. So I think I'll be playing him, and obviously Danny Ings might get a goal, but if he doesn't score, then there's a potential clean sheet there, isn't there? Yeah, and is is Danny Ings someone that is kind of perfectly set up for your downgrades to bring in your Liverpool players? Is someone to bring in now, even though this is slightly a tough fixture? Definitely. Uh, he, he looks like the uh, the one that I don't have that I wish I did have at the moment. But his price is going up quite quickly. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's a difficult one because he, he's, he's soon going to get out of that price bracket of being the one that a major downgrade, isn't he? Yeah, it? he'll soon be at 7 million, won't he? He'll be a, a mid-price striker. Yeah. Are you thinking of getting on the Ings train? I, do you know what I genuinely feel with Ings is that <laughs> I think he's gone beyond the point of you know, jump on in him and you'll get a rank boost. I feel like I'd bring him in and I'd I'd ruin him. <laughs> and he'd either get injured or just just completely go out of form. That would be my worry with him. Uh, although it could be one of those seasons where he's he's my Ramsey from however many years ago it is now where I just didn't bring him in, didn't bring him in. <laughs> he just kept on scoring. And you don't <laughs> it's better to bring in that player and, and ruin them uh, than ne- not bring them in at all maybe. Uh, so he's definitely yeah. definitely a player I'm looking at. Yeah, actually, Gary's uh, having shunned Vardy and uh, taken the hit that his in team rank for it has uh, has been revival, uh, slightly fueled by Ings actually. So he's uh, he's definitely an interesting one to get on uh, for all those people looking to shoot at the rankings. Yeah, um, now a fixture that I think you are going to be quite well versed in: Man United at home versus a team down the bottom of the league in Norwich City. What do you think? It- so where I predicted that Man U would uh, struggle against Watford and they then they then lost, um, I think that we should be able to beat Norwich. Um, so I've got to just have a cough a second. <coughs> um, yeah, so Norwich can't defend. So hopefully Man U's attack will, uh, will do quite well in this one. What do you reckon, though? I think that Norwich have been looking a bit better defensively <coughs> recently. Um, yeah, I think they've got... Uh, Zimmerman back, um, uh, who's kind of leading their defence. He's been playing for quite a while now, um, since kind of game week 13. Um, they're not getting tonked anymore. Uh, they're not conceding 
I don't know, this isn't great, but not conceding any more than two goals. They're not the, thr- <laughs> they're not the whipping boys anymore, basically. Um, and against Tottenham, you know, they held their own 2-2. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, it's not bringing in Norwich defenders. I'm just saying they're not the whipping boys anymore. And the only thing that I quite like about this fixture from a Man U point of view is that you said Man United a, f- a few weeks ago against Watford was the example, perfectly set up to counteract against teams, counterattack. So um, I don't feel like Norwich are going to be a team who are going to come to Old Trafford, sit deep, park the bus, that kind of thing. I think they will have periods in the game where they expose themselves and Man you can break on them, um, which is kind of what you want from ha- me having Martial and Rashford in the same team. So it's definitely a game to hold those players for. What do you reckon to Man U's fixtures after this one? Uh, would you be, yeah, would you be slightly worried if you were double up on Man U like I am? Um, so not especially, no. So I, I quite like the next three fixtures they've got because, <clears throat> as I just said, I think, I think there'll be goals against Norwich. I don't think Norwich defend. Would not as you say, as you say, Norwich defend in a way that might suit Man U's attack. I think um, Liverpool away. I mean, we got a decent draw against them. Uh, the only team to actually get a result against them this season. And uh, if one thing Ollie's boys have been doing is is raising the game against the big boys. So again, another perfect game to use their counter attack in because um, it's away from home. So could be goals there for Martial and Rashford. Uh, so I don't fear that fixture. And then Burnley at home. I've just been saying how I, I think Burnley is struggling this season, so that's again never quite tasty fixture. Yeah, okay, that's good to know, and that kind of takes us up to game week twenty four when I, I could cash in on them. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Wolves Newcastle are Wolves just a, a team who play well against the big boys? Yeah, well, I mean the, I think. A lot of people attempted to get their Wolves assets in for this one, but I've got Jimenez, and he's he's my one that's on the chopping block actually at the moment. I just he he's blanked last two game weeks, and uh, Newcastle is the the tester for him, I think, because he should be able to score against them. He looks pretty decent, but Newcastle have actually done quite well on the sly this season, haven't they? They don't seem to uh, be the whipping boys that everyone was predicting. Uh, are you tempted to get in Wolves assets at the moment? Yeah, I massively am. I I'm hugely regret getting rid of Jimenez, as I've kind of already said. And uh, yeah, I do have some concerns about him in the fact that Europa League is going to be coming back um, soonish, and that's a bit of a that has a, maybe not a bad effect on him because he still plays and has been consistent all season. But I think it'll have an effect on Wolves. Um, I think. Traore is an interesting one to talk about because he's still dirt cheap. He's still a bit of a differential. Um, and yeah, Newcastle, Southampton, um, nice enough fixtures. And then even I, now I, I'm just thinking, even looking at Liverpool, Man United and Leicester, um, I don't fear, fear those kind of fixtures with, with Wolves, with their record, especially at home against the big teams, you know, under the lights, um, with those flame flowers going off before the game and they seem to be <laughs> really up for it. So is, is Traore a player that you would bring in and play first team as your fourth midfielder? Maybe. So I am tempted by Traore. 
um because he is good value um i guess it <clears throat> it just means playing around in my structure doesn't it so that's what i'm um i'm tempted by him he, he's a sort of the the one that maybe could fuel that higher transfer and just to, just get enough points uh to get by the one thing that worries me with try always if you look at his uh form this season he's he gets mega points in just a, a couple of fixtures so if you don't play him in those fixtures then uh Essentially, he, he he blanks quite a lot of game weeks, so it's a uh, it's a challenging one, isn't he? Yeah, it's much nicer as a fifth midfielder, really. But um, but like you say, then then you wouldn't be playing him every week, and you won't be getting those returns. So it's not perfect, is it? Um, yeah, maybe it's you just sort of play- maybe it's just good for a short period while you triple up on Liverpool for that double game week. I think we were talking about, um, and we'll come come on to our team and uh, our hive mind team in a second that. He he's the classic player where actually if you're looking to catch up because you you've got a poor rank at the moment and you're looking to catch up in your league or or just an overall rank, uh, he's the player that not everyone is jumping on just yet. That's great value. Everyone can afford him in theory. That could go get a massive haul at any any stage. So he's a he's a good one to twist on, isn't he? Yeah, he definitely is. And because because of that thing, and he plays well in those tough fixtures. Um, it's a you would expect people wouldn't be bringing him in for those fixtures because it says red and and the natural assumption is, well, bad fixtures don't bring him in. So, yeah. Um, what do you reckon to the big game of the of the weekend, Tottenham-Liverpool? Um, so, I think Spurs' form is just starting to tail off a bit, isn't it? It's looking very Mourinho all of a sudden. Um, very quickly. And, yeah. He's getting angry at referees. There's a bit of bad blood. Uh, they were talking about how unlucky they are with decisions and this and that. And yeah, um, they're looking very, yeah, they're looking less and less like Spurs and more and more like Mourinho's teams at the moment. I think. Uh, so, I I fully expect Liverpool to keep up their form. To be honest, uh, they're just a really really slick outfit. Uh, as much as it pays me to say, uh, and therefore, I'll be playing my Liverpool assets. Not sure I'll be captaining them, but I think they'll probably probably win this one. Um, but yeah, you were, you were mentioning that Son might be a might be a someone to get on on, on board with. What do you what do you reckon to Spurs assets? It's a tricky one. It's such a gamble. I feel like if you're if you're in a if you're kind of cut adrift and you're questioning whether you should keep on playing and you're not enjoying it anymore, I feel like Son is has been consistently over the last three seasons or so a player that you can put, a, put a, a gamble on this time in the season, especially if he has low ownership and he'd be quite a useful one to potentially climb the ranks. You know, he's been pretty consistent all season. He's also been explosive. You know, he's got loads of double digit returns. Um, but when he's not getting those, he's still getting assists, you know, every other week or every week. Um, he's now going to be playing up front because Kane's out till March. Are the, the kind of rumours with his hamstring injury um, and yeah, that I, I think I don't feel like Son is a player uh, like maybe Richarlison who, when he's playing up front is less effective. I still think, still think Son is going to be a danger. Um, yeah. Cause he essentially has played that more advanced role than Kane, you know, when Kane was playing defensive midfield for most of the season and um, he's 5.8% owned. And if we're talking about players, you know, you want to make that, rank jump it's about getting on them early he's been suspended he lost all his ownership 
had a probably had a price fall as well now would be the time to bring him in i the problem with that is and the obvious thing why not everyone is going to be doing that is because he is a he is a risk and the big risk is Mourinho and Mourinho spursing oh Mourinho changing spurs into this nasty unhappy camp but um but yeah i think it's a it's probably a risk worth taking especially for something like a joint team where we're a million in the world and we need to climb um you know there are some nice fixtures in there there are some tougher fixtures but uh, i feel like they could raise their game for the big games uh, you know the next two big games uh liverpool at home and man city at home so they're home games which helps Watford and Norwich there's Aston Villa in there who are shipping points Chelsea away you know Chelsea have been pretty inconsistent and that's a bit of a derby game for Spurs so I think it's worth a gamble if if you're in that kind of position yeah I definitely think it's a gamble that's the problem um but I, Ali, I don't, I don't I, I know if... Ali's a lot more tempting a, a million cheaper um and he has I, I can see I can see Ali improving under Mourinho um because Basically, he's been shunted further forward and told to be a bit nastier, which I think maybe suits Ali's game. Uh, <laughs> a bit nastier. That's that's really nasty. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. But, uh, but he, he sort of went mellowed in the last couple of seasons. And then uh, yeah. everyone's been saying, oh, he's not doing it anymore. He's not doing much, which is true. His, his, his goals and assists have gone down over the years. Uh, so, cut to his form of a couple of years ago, uh, um, Mourinho's teams, I imagine, might play a bit like that. Uh, I reckon he, he's the one I look at and say, oh, I, I would be quite tempted. I wish I wish I had him if I could just squeeze him into my team. But I can't at the moment. I agree with you. The fixtures look like there's definitely goals there. Um, and so they could, could be interesting. I just think with, with Ali, he's a player who's going to be fairly highly owned, not across the whole game, but in the top 100,000, if that's where you're trying to... If you're in that position, maybe if you're in a million, yeah, great. But if you're trying to get into the top 100,000, then I feel like he, he's not going to be the greatest differential. I might be wrong. I haven't looked at the, the percentages on his top 10,000 ownership. But, um, yeah. yeah. I guess maybe it's the way we play the game. I, I like a differential, but play, putting Son in as a differential at the moment is putting in a player that uh, hasn't done it for how many game weeks now? So, uh, Son? <laughs> he's been suspended. Yeah. Well, I know, but like, he, well, he's been suspended. He got obviously got sent off. He blanked the game week before that. He then got a haul against Burnley, uh, who I've said I don't rate uh, in game week sixteen. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, putting him in this game week, I think, is a bit risky. I, I I would rather wait to see him perform for at least one week and then put him in. And if that means we lose point one, then then so be it. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to lose point one with Liverpool at home. I don't think people are going to be. He's not going to be flying off the shelves. So. Fair enough. Hold fire on that one, but um, an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, what about Bournemouth Watford? Cracking fixture. Um, is this a, a case of uh, two bad teams, but one has a new manager and a bit of a bounce? Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't predict this one. I thought Watford might be on a bit of resurgence, but then they've just been uh, knocked out the FA Cup a bit disappointingly, unless they. They meant to do that. Um, I know they didn't. They they drew, which is like the worst result, isn't it? Uh, but they were three 0 up, so that that might might have hit their confidence a little bit. Bournemouth have been really rocky uh, last few weeks, but then I think that's been partly explained by their defensive uh, injuries. So 
it's it's a bit understandable. In fact, they've got injuries all over the pitch, haven't they, at the moment? So uh, they're they're struggling. Hard one to predict this one. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's that hard to predict for me. I think I think Bournemouth were all over the place uh, with defensive injuries, um, and in the last game week they got tonked four nil by that West Ham team, who have been pretty shocking for quite a while now. I know they've got a new manager and they've got a bit of a bounce from that, but um, yeah, four nil's pretty bad um, considering West Ham's form. They've got, like you say, injuries all over the pitch, especially in defence. Um, and Watford, although they lost that that three nil league in the cup, there was a it was a you know quite a heavily rotated Watford team. And Pearson kind of said after the game, you know, I brought in you know gave a lot of players uh, their chance. They needed the chance to play. They played and they got a lead but they threw it away and that's kind of he essentially said that's on them um <laughs> he's basically backing his first teamers um and saying well they didn't do enough these players to to push them out of my team at the moment so i i don't think that's going to affect Watford too much i think what are you what do you really not want when you are have lots of defensive injuries is to play against troy Deeney um and you know delafeu as well um you know, completely different approaches, but both pretty terrible for a injury hit defence and one that's conceding a lot. So, yeah, I, I see, um, I see Watford for this game, and I see goals for Watford. Hmm. Interesting. I think you. It's. I think I agree with everything you say. I just Bournemouth for that team. That's so hard to predict, aren't they? They just go a couple of weeks uh, doing nothing. You think they're going to get spanked against Chelsea, and they they pull out a victory. Um, and I think they could be doing uh, a similar thing here where they, at home, they, they, they are quite an attacking team. If Callum Wilson could quite easily get a hat-trick and blow Watford away um, out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> we're talking too much about this picture. Just one more thing, one more thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Howe has come out this week and has said that this is his toughest uh toughest period in management so far pretty much with with Bournemouth um so even he's admitting how much they're struggling um so that's I'd say that's music to an FBL manager's ears um yeah I think triple up on the Watford attack personally uh, maybe not maybe not <laughs> yeah yes yeah so on that note do you have any players in this game I was the man talking us out of getting Dini last week in the joint team so maybe I should uh yeah Put my money where my mouth is or, or shut up. And, and Watford are third bottom of the uh, fixture table over the next um, few game weeks. Well, uh, so maybe not. Um, last up, it's Villa versus City. Um, Villa are a team who are on the ropes a bit, aren't they? With Heaton getting injured and they've lost uh, the big man up front, Wesley. Um, is this... Is this just an, an easy whipping boy fixture, Matt? Well, I think it is, yeah. Like it's 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 obviously a good one to play uh, your Man City assets in. Um Villa do look like they're struggling. But I was intrigued that um like the second top most transferred in player at the moment is Grealish. Uh so everyone seems to be still be rating Grealish as an FPL asset. Uh are, are you tempted by him? I've I have been fairly blown away by his form like uh, over Christmas and just generally like because uh, I've 
over Christmas, I've been thinking, oh man, I really should have got him rather than Zaha, or I should really <laughs> have downgraded to him. Um, but then I looked at his stats. I thought, you know, is he worth bringing in? And I've looked across the whole season. He has been consistent all season. Um, every other week, he is bringing in points. And now he's starting to add um, you know, double digits. Wesley's gone, who was on penalties. Grealish stepped up to take him, I think, when Wesley wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> he missed it. But um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be the penalty taker. He is. It's very much the talisman effect, isn't it? It's the FPL talisman thing where you know, Zaha used to be that for Palace. <laughs> I guess he still is, but he's not really performing. But Grealish, I mean, yeah, he's he's a very different player to the one who got relegated in Villa. And I think I think a, a big club should come in and snap him up, really. Um, I wouldn't be sad if Arsenal did, because I think he he's looked fantastic this season. Um, this is, however, a really tough fixture, and and that he is in a very struggling team, and their fixtures are not great from now until the end of the season. Um, so it it seems like the wrong time to bring him in. I feel like I missed the boat on him <laughs> him pretty much the whole season, and yeah, it's 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 tough to bring in a player like that knowing that. It's a poor team and the fixtures are poor. What about you? Yeah. No, I, well, I, I agree. But the extent that you said that he's been, you look at his stats, he actually has been consistent the whole season. So do fixtures matter so much if he's that consistent? So maybe he is. I'm, I'm not bringing him in this game week, but future game weeks, I am I am eyeing him up as uh, the way that I can maybe alter the balance of my team and uh, afford some more expensive players. But Still have a player that, regardless of where Aston Villa's form um, and whether they might win or lose matches, it just seems to be popping up with goals and assists everywhere. Essentially, if Villa score, Grealish is going to be involved, isn't he? So yeah, um, and they will score from now until the end of the season. Um, ownership's not bad as well, like as a differential, seventeen point eight percent, so under twenty percent. Yeah, I feel like him and Ings this season have been really interesting ones for. FPL managers to like try and review and, and rate because usually you, you pick players playing for really good teams that are, that are scoring goals and winning but these guys are playing for bad teams that don't score many goals but the few goals they do score they're always involved so actually they still actually are quite tempting assets at really good prices. I um, I Yeah, it's funny you pickings as well with this. I feel like you know we've had half the season or so and now you can look back and you can say, okay, these guys are having great seasons. Um, with most of those players, they're out of your price. You know, they're out out price now. They're expensive, but these two, Grealish and Ings, are still dirt cheap. Um, and you can you can go on their kind of bulletproof record so far. So yeah, and I think I think I've been a bit harsh about their fixtures. I think from game week twenty nine onwards it's really rough for Villa and I don't really see them staying up based on, you know, that those crucial crunch games towards the end of the season where they're going to be trying to be picking up points because it's, it's Leicester, Chelsea, Wolves, Liverpool, Man United, uh, tough. There's uh, Arsenal in there as well, but man, Manchester city, it's next fixture out of the way, ignoring that one. It's Brighton, Watford, Bournemouth, Tottenham, Tottenham, who are, all over the place at the moment, Southampton. So, it's, yeah, it's a little bit like I was saying about 
you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin or, or Everton, if you're going to get him in, uh, maybe this is the final nice run that he has. And yeah, like you say, maybe you just say you stick with him after that because he's a talisman. Yeah. What about Aguero? He's back and he is another one like Son who is a big differential. He's a big differential. Uh, other teams don't have him, but he does cost 11.7 million. So it's a big question about who, who are you dropping to get Aguero in? Because uh, he will score, but I, I just can't think of a way to get him in my team at the moment. It's, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it in some ways because it's just too difficult for me to do myself. But I can see him being the differential one uh, for others if they can work out a way to, to sort of shoehorn into their attacks. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to be going there myself. Um, I feel like Jesus has performed pretty well in his absence and would be getting more minutes now uh, than he was when uh, before Aguero got injured. Um, I think he's kind of deserved a bit more rotation in that position. And I, I feel like Pep has conceded the title. He said, you know, the race is over. So maybe he's going to be putting even more emphasis on Champions League. Um, yeah, so not for me at the moment. Um, and yeah, City's fixtures, like we said with De Bruyne, um, not particularly delicious as well. Like from game week 25, it's it's a sea of red until Liverpool in game week 32. So yeah, no, not for me. Um, yeah, I'm more tempted by Sterling, to be honest, um, than I am by Aguero at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I just think Sterling, uh, I mean, he has got quite a lot of points this season, but... I think he's been a bit unlucky. Uh, well, not to say unlucky, but uh, like he's scored a lot of goals this season, but not not in the Premier League. And I don't think that's because uh, oh, he just he only he only scores in Europe. I think it's just been a, a bit of a coincidence that the 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 times that he's got his opportunity to score from those the, the, the Man City moves have been the ones those games in Europe, mm. um, and it just hasn't quite been like he's been like fractionally offside or. Uh, some sort of var random VAR check has disallowed it this season. So I think that he could tick up a little bit in the second half of the season and become become an asset that everyone wants to pick again like it was at the start of the season. I think the problem with these players like Aguero and Sterling as a differential to climb the ranks is that if we're identifying players that you need to say, you need to keep these players to maintain your rank or not fall further behind, and here are some other players you could get rid of, I don't feel like... De Bruyne and a Liverpool midfielder are players that you can get rid of and still maintain your rank and still climb. I think to bring in Sterling and to bring in Aguero, you're going to have to get rid of another big hitter. And those other two big hitters in De Bruyne and Mane or Salah are the ones that would need to go probably. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's why it's maybe a gamble too far if you actually want to sensibly go up the rank. Yeah. Um, you should be focusing on sort of a your cheaper assets rather than getting rid of some absolute core players like the Mane, Salas and Vardy's. Yeah. Um, in terms of whipping boys, are we both in agreement that Villa are whipping boys this weekend? Well, this weekend. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. There we go. And what about clean sheets? Can you see any clean sheets? Um, so I reckon that... Sheffield United might keep a clean sheet at home to West Ham. Okay. Even after West Ham's thumping win. Um, but Sheffield United are one of the best defences in the league, aren't they? So fair enough. 
Um, I reckon next up it's going to be Wolves at home to Newcastle. And if if you're a maverick like uh, Gary, you might have brought brought in Saïs, who was 4.4 recently, as a bit of a differential. And that's a lovely fixture for them. Almiron going out injured in the FA Cup as well. Um, All those goals. I know, two goals. He's finally got them and, and then he's gone as well. Their injury crisis is pretty terrible. So, yeah, I like that one. What about you? Um, yeah, that looks like a pretty good one to go for. Uh, my next one, I reckon I'd go Chelsea, home to Burnley. Um, I know that they've been struggling to keep clean sheets, but uh, they keep them every once in a while, and this looks like the sort of game they'll keep one in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think one for Watford, your new signing, Ben Foster, is going to come in against Bournemouth and, yeah, shut the door, I think. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Maybe three saves as well. Yeah, who knows? I can see them missing a penalty as well, that kind of form they're on. <laughs> um, any more for any more? Um, I, I mean, I should shout out Man U that I, I do think that we should be beating Norwich comfortably. Uh, whether we do or not, is, is I mean, it may, may not. But uh, I think they have a pretty good chance of actually getting a clean sheet against Norwich. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that is that is scraping the bottom of the barrel. Not sure if I totally agree with that because I I think Norwich going forward are pretty good at the moment. But um, I will bow to your knowledge at the moment. Um, uh, I think even City I'm not going to say a clean sheet for because because of the Grealish factor and because of how Man City are conceding at the moment. Um, yeah, maybe one for Arsenal if we're talking about uh, Arsenal, kind of a bit of a revival away to Palace. Palace. Pretty terrible at home, pretty terrible at scoring goals, and Arsenal with a bit more Arteta-like focus. Um, yeah, I just it just feels like a fixture that you transfer Zaha at your team and then he gets a, a brace. Um, Do you know what? He tends to be pretty terrible against us. Um, oh right, yeah. I mean that. I, I hate saying stuff like that just before a fixture because, like you say, that he could come out and. And score goals. I'll have him in my team, so it won't hurt hurt me if if he does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he tends to be fairly invisible against us. Um, so we'll see. Um, okay, should we take a break and and when we come back, we'll have a look at uh, the listeners' league. Adrian, big night for him. He really he really enjoyed himself. What a story, <laughs> Adrian, like Rocky. Okay, let's have a look at the app. FBL FF Fanatics Podcast League. Uh, let's have a look who's in the top five. Um, we've still got at the top uh, John Hartapay with my Aki Breaky Heart. Um, still number one, overall rank of 2000 in the world, top 2K, which is very impressive. Um, me and Matt jumped on our, uh, gave us a little view into our, our festive form. <laughs> have a look at this. Uh, so John Hartupay, 74 points, 74 points, 67, 70, 62. Not bad at all. Um, pretty consistent there. Um, second place, Kevin Miles. Um, so our top two at the start of the season, they're back on top. Uh, 54 points this week. Third place, uh, Adam Burke with Adam's Reds, 83 points this week. Uh, fourth place falling is Rui de Oliveira with CP Warriors with 54 points. And in fifth place is Matic of the day. Uh, that's Harry Quinn's team uh, with a game week score of 60 points this week. So congratulations to those guys. Um, 
Matt, how I going from greatness to uh, possibly not so great? How do we get on with the joint team uh, this game week? Um. So yeah, uh, it, it a fairly reasonable week actually. So uh, you guys did three transfers for a minus four hit to get. Uh, uh, who is it? Written again? So sort of Ings, uh, Alexander Arnold, and Moy. Um, which worked out pretty well. So Ings and Alexander Arnold both returned there. So uh, that's got rid of Tillemans, who's been bugging me and our team for a little while. Uh, we had to have TAA, I think, especially after the 24-pointer. Um, and we've been discussing all pod that Ings is a pretty good pick. So uh, I think that's improved the look of our team immensely, actually. And so we've got 48 points. Uh, that was good enough to overtake Gary uh, in, a, in our podcast league. So that was, that was quite nice. So Hive Mind is now stronger than one of our podders, uh, which is uh, heartening. And Gary, Gary uh, was part of that decision as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so poor, poor Gary, hey. Sympathies for Gary, Sorry. who's now stinking yeah. out uh, yeah. our, our podcast. Yeah. 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 Moment of silence there for Gary. But we, <laughs> but we move on. Um, so how are we looking for next week? Um, so the looking for, I, yeah, I was just looking at the team right now. So I think we're looking fairly, fairly good. However, um, as we as we mentioned briefly earlier on, we are a million in the world. So do we start to twist a bit and go for a few more differentials? That is the question mark. Do you have any transfers you'd like to suggest? I, in answer to your question, I think we have to twist because uh, <laughs> million in the world. I mean, if you finish a million or you finish two million, um, what's the difference? It's a bad season. So I think we set ourselves a, a target for the end of the season um what's what do you think is a, a reasonable target and then we can you know have a bit of kind of competitive edge to it so i reckon you could it, this team could grind its way to 100k in the world from where it is wow I, that would be really impressive if we did that really impressive um what do you reckon i reckon top 200,000 would be uh, impressive and although it would be a bad season no not a bad season although it would be not a great season it wouldn't be a terrible season it wouldn't be a car crash at all and i think it would be yeah respectable yeah i think i think 100k is at the optimistic end of uh doing some really good transfers from here on so out. we're, we're uh, aiming for 100k to 200k that kind of range i, I reckon 200k is a more reasonable uh target uh, because it's more attainable okay Fair enough. That's what we'll go for. Anything else is a bonus. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's time to twist from now on. And we have to identify the players that we think you have to keep, like we've been talking about, to maintain your rank, and the players who we think we could ship out, take a bit of a gamble on. I reckon, first up, De Bruyne. I think he's a keeper. Okay. 50%, 50% owned uh, in the game. And he's been on silly form all season, and I expect him to continue to be very silly. Yeah. Uh, who do you reckon? And then do you reckon? Who do you reckon else we we have what, to keep? We have to keep. So I think we have to keep TAA, um, especially having just trust transferred him in. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a, <laughs> he's got that explosiveness in him, um, and Liverpool will probably get some clean sheets between now and the end of the season. Um, I think he's worth 7.4 million. I totally agree, having been massively burned by him recently. So, yeah. All right, TA. I also feel like um, 
a Liverpool mid in Mane or Salah is definitely one to keep. I think they've just been scorching. So at the moment we've got Mane. I would say because of his ownership, we swap to Salah and just to gain a bit of differential in that. And it's not a big price jump, but maybe we do that transfer by when, when we get, maybe we get both of them for the double game week and then we move Mane on afterwards. Yeah, maybe. So the only other one that's essential, as I'd say as well, is uh, Vardy, I think you can't not have um, and do reasonable. Yeah. Do you agree? I think keep an eye on that injury, but because um, it's a calf injury. They, they were saying they were hoping to have him back. I think, uh, are they still in the League Cup? We've got League Cup fixtures uh, early uh, next week. Um, but yeah, I think it sounds like it's he's going to be back pretty soon. So I agree, he's one to keep. Who do you think are the players that we could ship out? Well, this is the, the question mark I have in some ways, is to, to go for the differentials we've been talking about on the pod. So we've been talking about Son, we've been talking about Aguero. Um, Aguero. You, you have to have some money from somewhere. So the only other valuable players we have are Rashford and Ali, um, who aren't the top-valued players compared to De Bruyne and Romano, but... You could certainly maybe downgrade them to a cheapie and, and free up some cash somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And who would we be but bringing I in? So we, I, I'm, I would be saying bring in Son, although we've discussed that as a bit of a gamble, but I think we need to take gambles. <laughs> You're really keen to go, Pete. <laughs> um, um, so... I think we should be... We've got Ings in. I reckon we should be looking to get Grealish in at some point Ooh, soon. Oh, I like that. I reckon, yeah. I reckon those are the sorts of uh, differentials we should be looking at right now. Yeah. Um, not the let's uh, sell Rashford and Ali just before... Or let, let's replace Ali with Son, which might be the same player, basically, yeah. points-wise. Yeah. And let's get rid of Rashford, who's about to play Norwich and a few other fixtures he could score in. Do you think... Um, so at the moment we have, uh, in our midfield, we've got... Mane, De Bruyne, Deli Ali, Traore, and the mighty Aaron Moy. Do you think we we bring in both Liverpool mids, keep Mane, and bring in Salah for the double game week? Uh, well, I guess the, well, my question mark is how how do we do that? Yeah, like, well, how are we going to? We we'd probably be downgrading Rashford, like you said, he's the kind of cash cow, isn't he? So we use Rashford as the cash cow to get. To get Salah in, maybe, what for Ali, Ali out? Maybe Al, Ali out, yeah, because as we've discussed, because it has to be almost, yeah, yeah. and then that would leave us 5.9 uh, for a striker spot. I don't think we do that this week, I just think we're thinking no. for the future. I know <laughs> this will all, all be erased by depending on who's on the pod next week, but at <laughs> least we've put our mark down. So 5.9 buys us uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Neil Mopé, um, or uh, who else? We can't afford Troy Deeney, can we? Deeney out of our out of our league. That's sad. Um, yeah, it's not that it's sad. Not that sad, is I it? Think he's disruptive, but he doesn't. I think he's one of those classic players that is. Uh, you go to a game and say, "Oh God, he was so effective for Watford. They're such a menace." Uh, he's always on the TV. He's always the one you talk about when you talk about Watford, but. FPL points wise, he's never been that fantastic. He never really no, okay. gets that many points. Okay. So he's not not one to go 
go in for. Okay. I would say. Well, what about uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin? Comes in exactly at the money that we have. Uh, if we get rid of Ali for Salah, um, we, when I was saying if you're going to get an Everton asset, you get them in now um, because there's no sense in waiting because their fixtures are really nasty after this little mini run. Um, yeah. What do you think of that transfer? Rashford out. I Rashford out also. If we hold a transfer this week, wait till next week. We'll have two. Rashford's fixture next week will be Liverpool away. We can ship him out before Liverpool away. Bring in uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin for his fixture against West Ham. And Salah comes in in preparation uh, for the double game week. So I like it. Um, the one different different thing I'd do potentially is uh, I think obviously we have to see how these guys play next week. But yeah, Rashford out. Um, maybe get Grealish in for Moy, um, especially if we're going down to two strikers uh, and, and a bench bench fodder, um, and then we upgrade one of our defenders to Robertson uh, as the alternative way to treble up on Liverpool. Okay, so Moy goes out for Grealish. Uh, what does Rashford go down to? Uh, he would work because he's the cash cow, he's the balance. So we just sort of work out maybe even a Greenwood, okay, um, if needs be. And we get rid of Kelly or Rico. What a choice, eh? Yeah, I know. Hey? I'd say uh, probably so... Rico. <laughs> well, it depends who, who'd want to get in. So, oh, sorry, we want to get Robertson. in Robertson. Uh, Robertson, yeah. So if I just I'm just looking at how much this this costs us at the moment. So we've got Robertson in for I do Kelly because he's worth 4.4, 4. yeah. So we could then sell Rashford and we'd have 5.3 in the bank. Uh, so 5.3 or 5.1 million I mean, doesn't really buy you a lot, does much it? Much of a muchness, isn't it, for strikers? Um, that's why yeah. I feel like the other option we were talking about is probably better. Yeah, I think it, it is, although we could get Moussa in. That's, he's been, that's he's been rubbish for how long now? So long. He's been rubbish since uh, game week 14. Well, Jordan, are you? Ah, oh, man. I mean, yeah. Anyway, what we're saying is, what we're saying is we play no transfers this week. So let's, should we leave it there? Should we have a look at our, our captain, our, our vice captain? Yeah, I, I can't justify a different move. You, you're dead right. I think that's the sensible way to go uh, that we've just, just hypothesized, but that means not doing anything this week. Okay. Um, We'll see if it actually happens, depending on who's on the pod. Um, what we've picked our Wickerman boys as Villa. Do you think De Bruyne is our, our captain? I think De Bruyne, or sh- although we should be monitoring Vardy's injury. Yeah. Um, I think Vardy's a good one as soon as he gets fit again. I think he's a bit of a risk with the new baby and with the injury on top. Although I have been hearing everyone saying about the new baby is probably a spur for him to definitely score a goal. <laughs> oh, so he can do the the, the better. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Uh, so it could, could work both ways, that baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as we know, he doesn't need sleep. He lives on Red Bull, so he might just be even more psyched up. But yeah, I, I agree with your... Uh, that De Bruyne is the, the obvious pick uh, for captaincy. Um, in this team. So if not Vardy for vice-captain, who would you go for from our remaining options? Uh, I'd probably go Rashford. Yeah, Norwich at home. Norwich. Yeah. yeah. His swan song for us before he leaves, potentially. 
<laughs> unless he, uh, of course, gets a pretty decent return, in which case we back to the drawing board. Even if he does get a decent return, it's Liverpool away after that. I mean, you know, it's not a great fixture. But we'll see. That's that's for another week, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to cover gut punts this week. We're going to hold out uh, for Gary um, and come back to that um, next week. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, give us a follow at FF. <laughs> sorry, at FBL. Oh, no, I forgot the Twitter handle. Help, Matt. <laughs> Help me. At FBL FF Fanatics. Um, how I, how can I forget that? I, you, I, you've been so reliable. <laughs> you know, I just, I say, why would I have to think I wake, about what I it wake is? up in my sleep <laughs> saying that Twitter handle? I don't know what happened. There. Um, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna compete with us in our our podcast league, um, try and knock Kevin Miles off the top spot. The league code is lowercase k zero seven lowercase o lowercase o f. Um, yeah, so join us there and take us on. Um, yeah. Apart from that, thank you for your insight, Matt. Cheers, Dunk. Come on, Foster. Yeah, come on, Ben Foster, the differential goalkeeper.